If you're like me, you are tired of trying to find jeans that fit right no matter your build and still look good. Introducing the newest sponsor of the Double Doing Podcast, Sweat Taylor, a premium menswear brand that is defining a new kind of casual. I started wearing Sweat Taylor and I am blown away by how comfortable and affordable the clothes are. And of course, they look great. My favorite is the all-in pants. It's a five-pocket pant that feels like sweats but look way better. Thoughtfully tailored and unbelievably stretchy. From jackets and pants to joggers and hoodies, Sweat Taylor's designs are made to seamlessly fit into your life, moving from runway to office, office to drinks, and drinks to wherever the night takes you. Specializing in casual wear for men, pieces are designed with comfort and versatility in mind for your everyday. Use promo code BDEEGST. That is BDEEGST for 25% off. That again is BDEEGST for 25% off your order at sweattailor.com. And welcome back to another episode of Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles. We are going to recap the Eagles' 23-14 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. They are now 5-0. We're going to discuss the upcoming game with the New York Jets in week six. No one else will do it than my man, my friend, Mr. Thomas Peterson. Thomas, how are we doing? I mean, it sounds like I'm doing a hell of a lot better than you are, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I'm on day three of COVID right now. Um, this is the first time I've tested positive for COVID. Um, that is so two to three years ago. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You're how. super late. I, it, I had it was so it was Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend. Um, I went downtown for work a couple times. I have no idea how or where I caught it, but randomly on Monday, I just all of a sudden start feeling like absolute shit, and and it's, it's not still a sexy kicking. disease anymore. No, not. it's not. I'm I'm an absolute loser for getting it three years after every single other person <laughs> in the world. But what are you going to do? I'm jacked up on meds. My voice might sound a little messed up and I'm sore from a little off today, but battling through it. Screw COVID-19. We have to talk Philadelphia Eagles. So you can just get your, your hottest takes out there and just say you had like a, a weird uh, fever brain or something. <laughs> I have fever brain every time we record the podcast, Thomas. I'm always I'm always uh, throwing out uh, crazy takes. But again, my apologies. I'm a little off today. My voice it does sound bad, but the damn virus finally got to Brendan Deague. Um, okay, Thomas, Eagles are five and zero, man. Uh, 23-14 victory over the Los Angeles Rams. Um, the 23-14 victory doesn't really show, uh, kind of tell the whole story either. This was a dominant win from the Eagles. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it really. An offense that would pre- was pretty much moving the field, uh, moving moving the ball up and down the field between the twenties as much as they couldn't, uh, as much as you can ask for, but really couldn't finish off drives. And a defense that stepped up big time in second half, combined with Matthew Stafford really letting the pressure get to him, is basically the the story of this game in in highlights, to me at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, the offense was. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball. Um, they were like just dominant in both halves. Uh, 231 yards in the first half, 223 yards in the second half. So it wasn't like the defense was a different story. This defense was a story of two halves. The offense, it was four quarters of straight dominance. Um, let's start with Jalen Hurts, Thomas. I think this was his, his best performance of the year. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think um, we saw a lot more Jalen Hurts confidently running the ball. Um, mm-hmm. he was giving a lot more effort into it. Uh, 
and it just comes at a weird time, right? After a week of he's been having to answer questions about whether he's been told how much to not run. And then he says, oh, we didn't really get the look that we wanted or it didn't really make sense at the time. And then immediately the game after, he is, uh, he's taken a bunch of hits more. He's, he's, he was obviously thinking more about converting plays than, than, than sliding down, as we've seen the first four weeks. Um, I think he was, he, he was, he was better at passing the ball. He was more decisive uh, with the ball. I'd say he that that big shot he hit to AJ Brown uh, in the second half, where he's step he's stepping around in a, in a in a super clean pocket, uh, was really nice to see. He did leave the pocket early a couple times where he he could have could have easily stood in there. I mean, big time credit to the Eagles' offensive line. I mean, they obviously had a big time game plan against Aaron Donald, something they really discussed throughout the week. And they executed and massive prop to Suo Peta and Lane Johnson for mm-hmm. being the ones uh, primarily uh, uh, engaged with uh, with Aaron Donald on the left side. I mean, the Rams were obviously they, they looked at the Eagles offensive line and say Suo Peta is the guy Aaron Donald is going to go up against. That's the weakling of their offensive line. And it didn't work. He did nothing in this game. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess. To me, the, the 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 big the biggest story for the offense was the drive uh, to end the second half. I mean, you you're starting at your own twenty five, you go down the field and you score a touchdown in thirty six seconds. Um, that was um, obviously AJ Brown's one hand catch and run. Um, then was a horse a horse collar tackle on that play? Yeah, or? so it was funny. So what? There's like seventeen seconds left, I think, and. Deep pass over the middle to A.J. Brown, outstanding one-headed catch, then a horse collar tackle. That brings it to, I think, about seven seconds left in the game, or in the, in the second half, in the first half, sorry. And then a shot to the end zone where there's pass interference, and then a one-yard quarterback sneak, and they get a touchdown. It's pretty uh, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, that was, um, that was a terrific way to end a half that was, other than that, pretty... It was the same as last week where they basically like they don't they didn't they have like three drives in the first half, three or maybe four. And where the fourth one being 30 seconds remaining in the in the half, like that's not a lot of opportunities. Um, and those primarily because both the Eagles and the Rams were moving the ball up and down the field as much as they wanted. I mean, there were no punts basically um, to be seen there. So, yeah, they um, it was a really good, good thing to get into half um, up by a touchdown. It would have sucked to be down. Uh, or up three points, I should say. It would suck to 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 be behind going into a half where you're giving the ball back to the Rams, especially the way they were playing. Mm-hmm. Just quickly on the offensive line, um, they were, like you said, they were awesome in this game. Only five total pressures allowed um, by the entire offensive line. Um, really impressive. Aaron Donald had his worst game, arguably, like in the last like five, six years, or over how long, like he maybe even his entire career. He only had one total pressure. Um, PFF graded him under 50. He was one of their worst graded defensive players um, in, in, in that game. Um, remarkable. I think is that so is now Aaron Donald doesn't have a sack against the Eagles, I believe now in five career games, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. They Jeff Stoutland is kind of his kryptonite. Um, and he hasn't been able to do anything. Um, so the offensive line was great. Landon Dickerson just mauling guys still. Like he he's he's playing at an all-pro level right now. I, I think he's probably an all-pro guard at this point. Yeah, yeah, I and, think you're right about that. And um, I think I I posted a tweet 
um, this morning or, or earlier today just about how good Landon Dickerson has been in the run game. Um, they're averaging like 7.5 yards a carry when they're running behind him. So just the offensive line in general was so good in this game. And then, yeah, it's just back to Jalen Hurts. I thought it was his best game uh, personally from the eye test. He he was very confident. He did miss a couple throws like that middle, the one over the middle to Quez Watkins was kind of the middle right of the field. He overshot Quez Watkins and then he missed Quez Watkins in the end zone. He didn't see him there. Um, the Watkins hurts connection, not really going. We're going to talk about Quez Watkins in a little bit because I think there's a whole discussion to be had just with his playing time and whatnot. Um, but it was his best. Um, it was also hurts his best game success rate wise. It was hurts his best game EPA per play wise. Um, it was one of his best games of his career from statistic wise, um, from efficiency standpoint. So I thought he was really, really good. And it was really encouraging to see, especially the run, the run stuff like that run on third and seven. Oh, like, I don't know how did you see his ankle? Like how his ankle rotated in that? I don't even know how he's walking right now. No, nah, it was crazy. And they brought back the uh the good old uh, Jordan Malata and Leighton Diggerson uh double pull like mm-hmm. QB power. They brought that back. Whenever they do it, it's it's always an, a super effective play for them. And it, it wasn't this game as well. We were kind of we were barking over the first five weeks about how the quarterback run game hasn't been there. This was a positive sign for that like I don't think they should still be leaning on it as heavy as they were the first five weeks but it was positive to see the quarterback run game start to move forward and progress a little bit yeah I still I still hate it I still think there's (laughs) there there are better ways to move the ball than than with Jalen Hurts yeah the quarterback sneak though unstoppable man it's crazy oh yeah national attention this is getting yeah it's it's absurd yeah, it's it's every every single time the Philadelphia Eagles are brought up, that has been brought. It's brought up like the national media, like on live TV, like even in other games, they're talking about it when when another team does it. It's it's wild how like one play is specifically like set to one team. Um, a couple yeah. other things on the offense. AJ Brown, man, I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm at a loss of words with this guy. Yeah, he, he is. Uh, it's Tyreek Hill, and then you can argue AJ Brown. You can argue for a lot of guys. There are a lot of good receivers in the league, but you can make a strong case for A.J. Brown being the second-best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, the Tyree kill, it does, like, adds a different element to the yeah, Dolphins. He's just, like, he's just, like, he is the he's the Patrick Mahomes for wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Like, he does yeah. things that nobody else is doing. Mm-hmm. But then A.J. Brown, on the other hand, can also do things that Tyree Kill can't, right? But, like, of course, Tyree Kill's speed is just, like, a... a bigger and better aspect to a passing game, right? Like being able to stretch a defense like that, the things that Tyreek Hill can do in the screen game and whatnot. But I, I'm with you there. Like there, there is I'm trying to think like right now, Justin Jefferson just went on injured reserve. Uh, so he's going to be out four games. I don't think it's crazy that we could see AJ Brown second or first in receiving yards um, by the end of the season. Right now he's, he's led the league in receiving yards over the last three weeks. He has 125 plus yards in the last three games, 127 in week three or 127 in week five, 175 in week four and 131 in week three. He's just on an, a terror right now. What was the tweet that you had about how, what pace he's on and, and, and he's, about, he's, he's on pace for like North of 1800 yards receiving. <laughs> oh, shit. The, the, and, and he has, he has the Eagles record about, about the, just under 1500. It's fucked. It's crazy. He's 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 like exceeding my expectations every single week. Were yeah. you were you around for Terrell Owens uh, back in 04? Uh Did no, you? no, not really. That that is just about the time where I started watching it, and I didn't really pay attention to CO at that point. 
I uh, I like that was I think I started watching like I watched the Eagles in 2002, um, 04. I was still like 11 years old. I remember Owens being awesome and dominant. If you go back and watch highlights, of course Owens was awesome. But like, even if you like throw Owens aside, this is the best receiver the Eagles have ever had. He's just that good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's the best receiver I've ever seen for the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. it's it's remarkable. Um, Dallas Goddard, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't understand what what the whole idea of of getting him the red zone target there in the in, on the first drive, and then not throughout the game. Like it 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 was a tight window throw. It was into double coverage, and he he still came down with it. It was a good throw by Jalen Hurts. Uh, and I yeah. I I guess what I, I I'd like to see a little bit more of them trying to hit up the seam. Uh, mm-hmm. when they're in the red zone because he's a he, he's a big body target and he's one of those guys when when it's rolling for him he just gets he gets into another gear um as uh as boneheaded as his 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 game was last week like w- when things aren't clicking for him as good can it look when he's when he's when he's getting into a rhythm and man did they get him into a rhythm on that first drive and he's, he's catched down the sideline on um on that man coverage play where hurts lops it beautifully um over over a defender as he's coming up on a wheel, really good player as well. So yeah, I think um, I think Dallas Goddard is probably one of the answers that they're looking for uh, in terms of how to unlock the Reds on offense. Did you? I, I get you. Obviously, saw that they had like a three hundred pound defensive lineman trying to run with Dallas Goddard on that wheel route, number ninety seven on the Rams. Uh, I, I don't know what it was. He was a defensive defensive lineman. Um, but like Goddard had like four or five steps on the guy. Oh, if you're a defensive lineman, you don't want to be running with Dallas Goddard 35 yards or 30 yards down the field or whatever. It's not the way to do it. It, it was um, when I went back and watched that play. So basically it was a bare front for the Rams um, and he was he was one on the edge. And I guess in Raheem Morris's coverage system, he was in charge of, of the of the far of the left side of the Eagles defensive uh, offensive line. And Dallas Goddard was there. So when he pulled out. And ran. He was in charge of covering them. The linebackers were on the, on the, on the, on the half side of the field. So it was a perfect design for that coverage. And it was definitely something that Brian Johnson probably saw on tape. Um, maybe it was just the right call at the right time. But I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say that it was the right call at that time. I thought Brian Johnson did a really good job in this game. Um, up until the twenty yard line on the first drive, the red zone was good. We're gonna get into the red zone conversation at the end of this segment, but. I thought Brian Johnson improved. He's it almost looks like Brian Johnson's getting better and better every single week. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it also just comes back to utilizing the personnel. I mean, I'd I'd still say I don't get how how DeAndre Swift didn't have more than three carries in the first half, but mm-hmm. their usage of DeAndre Swift is kind of a give and take. Like you want him to really get the ball, you also don't want him to get injured. But the fact is, he's just the best asset to the offense right now. I mean, outside of AJ Brown. DeAndre Swift is the most reliable guy they have on offense, and and it's yeah. just a shame not to not, not to use that. I've been so impressed with DeAndre Swift Thomas. Like he looks so good. Like he just from the eye test, like he just pops off the screen. They use him in the passing game a little bit more in this game as well. I I do agree with you. They do need to use him more in general and in, in, in timely manners. Like I think in the red zone they really could use him as well. Let's just get in the red zone conversation right now while we're on the DeAndre Swift, uh, on the DeAndre Swift topic. Um, they were two for six in the red zone in this game. They are now 27th at red zone efficiency throughout the year. Is there any concern there for the, with the red zone for you going forward? 
Yeah, play calling sucks. I mean, they're using like, like they go QB sneak two times in in in, in one series, one on, on third and ten, and on third and twelve, uh, first and ten, and, and and third and twelve, and it doesn't work. And last week they run a a, a freaking outside power on third and eleven. It's 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 literal bullshit. It's <laughs> it's it's looser strategy, and they seem keen on on getting field goals when when they get into the red zone and it's it's weird it's super weird because they're they're doing everything they can with the with the uh, brotherly shove or whatever we're calling it uh to get down into the red zone and then as soon as they get down they just they don't take any shots they don't they don't try to get anything middle they don't use any spot zones against uh or or spot routes uh, out of bunch formations against zone coverage they don't give any like they don't have any lobster AJ Brown against him when it's whenever it's man coverage. Uh, it's it's super weird and it's uninspiring and they deserve to be in the bottom tier of the of the NFL how they've been cl- calling red zone plays. Yeah, Brian Johnson could definitely get better in the red zone. Like I said, he was doing well up until the, the twenty yard line. Um, yeah, I, I think they have to utilize the middle of the field more, like you said with Dallas Goddard as well. DeAndre Swift, like they, it's like he hates DeAndre Swift is uh, called runs. What's he to the twenty yard line? I don't get it. Like give him, give him the ball, like in in the red zone. Let, let him finish off these drives. We saw it in Week Four against the Commanders. DeAndre Swift broke out. What there was at seven, or I don't know how long the run was, but DeAndre Swift had a touchdown run in the red zone against the Commanders, um, and he and he kind of got loose. Like let. Let the players dictate the game. Put the ball in these guys' hands. And don't, don't kind of like tighten everything up in the red zone. Um, it's I, I'm not concerned going forward. Like I think this is going to progress to the means. Like they're not going to finish 27th in in the end. Like they're all, they're too talented for that to happen. But it's definitely something that has to get better. Like they can't keep kicking field goals if they want to win. No, 100. Whenever they go going to go against a, like a really good team, we're going to see mm-hmm. Dolphins uh, pretty soon. Shit, even against the Jets' defense. I mean, Jets' defense, you you want to finish off with touchdowns. Yep. Um, anything else on the offense before we move over to the defense? Nope. Let's do it. Okay, the Eagles' defense, this was a story of two halves. They uh, they couldn't stop Cooper Cup and Puka in the first half. Uh, I thought the middle of the defense was getting cooked. The Rams passing game kind of did whatever they wanted uh, in the first half. That was a uh, – I know I saw – People on Twitter saying that James Bradbury got cooked on that Puka Nakua route. I thought that was just a great pitch and catch. Um, I, I thought the Rams' offense was just really electric in the first half. Like they were just clicking on all angles. Like I said, that throw to Puka into the end zone was brilliant. Um, and then second half adjustment. We, as Eagles fans or Eagles people that follow this team, we've never seen that before, especially the last two years. We're kind of uh, allergic to second half adjustments. And Sean Desai comes out in the second half and changes things up. Um, they really, in the first half, they had like Mario Goodrich, um, on Cooper cup. They had Eli Ricks on Cooper cup for a bit. They kind of threw every other player except for Bradley Roby, Nicholas Morrow. Morrow. Yeah. Like they, they were doing so, trying so many different things to try to slow down the Rams passing offense in the first half. And then Bradley Roby, the savior comes in and does a tremendous job on Cooper cup in, in the second half. Um, so in this game, Cooper Cup versus Bradley Roby, he had three targets, one reception for five yards. Cooper Cup versus everyone else, nine targets, seven catches for 113 yards. 
Um, it was pretty remarkable how a guy they signed off the scrap heap and a guy that they just signed this week comes in and was a complete game changer for this team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it like you said, they they as soon as they set Bradley Roby in there, he only got had one catch. It was a first down catch, but he had one on three targets mm-hmm. um, for just about five yards. So yeah, Bradley Roby did did a really good job on him. Um, those one play I sent to you where they're coming out in in in, in a in a two man bunch situation. Where basically uh, Cooper Cup has a three three way go, he decides to go to the flat, then he ends up getting on a wheel route afterwards because it isn't open to begin with, and he kind of becomes a scramble drill. And Bradley Roby stays with him all the way through it, and the, the ball is out as soon as uh, Cooper Cup is turning, so there's no there, there's no chance he's going to get the ball at that point. Um, I, th- I thought that was that was really impressive. But just overall, Bradley Roby looked really good moving around, he looked fluid, looked fast. There were a couple of times where he got beat down the field where Matthew Stafford simply didn't see him because he was under pressure. Um, but it, overall, I think he did. He did a really, a really good job uh, getting in there. Yeah, it was really impressive from a guy um, from a, from a guy that just, like I said, signed off the sign just this week. Um, and what else did you see from the Eagles defense? How did they slow down the Rams in the second half? What besides Bradley Roby and whatnot? Blitz the ton more. They had some more stunts up front. Which allowed them to get more pressure. Use Hassan Reddick's uh, speed to get inside, um, and and really their the 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 focus on Jalen Carter allowed them to do so because a lot of the a lot of the the stunts that were coming in were basically were uh, outside or or the edge rushers coming inside uh, more so than than usually what you'll see sometimes is you'll see the 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 inside guys coming like designed to loop around, uh, and that worked. Um, they got they got a lot more pressure on on Matthew Stafford in the second half. They just started to get to him. They started to get some pressure in there, so he he, he had some more off throws, which you'll naturally see. Like quarterbacks are are usually dead accurate, but as soon as you get them under a lot of pressure, you start hitting them. Uh, Jalen Carter, de- absolutely a testament to that as well. I mean, he really got in there. He applied a ton of pressure. The amount of double teams that he destroyed in this game was was absurd. Um, so I think it was it was it was a combination of the D line getting a lot more pressure. They got more stunts in. They blitzed a ton more than what you, they usually do. And then Bradley Roby did basically playing an entire half with with uh, JB and and Slay on the outside. Um, you did another breakdown of Jalen Carter on your YouTube channel, Breaking the Birds. Is this have you done one every single game of Jalen Carter um, on your channel yet, or is this... uh, just about? Just, just, it was okay. one week where I didn't do any any videos of anything, so I think I missed him there. So, what um, were would you say this was Jalen Carter's best game from what you watch on tape? It's so hard to differentiate between <laughs> them. It's he's just he's winning in different in different ways every week. Uh, this week he was he definitely did the a better job against double teams than what we've seen in the earlier games, but. It's not like like he he's not up and down. It's so it's so consistent how he's winning. It's not where you go. Oh, this was his best game because you see you because you've seen flaws in other games. He's just really really good in every game he plays, and it's scary to be honest about I mean of just how good he is and how many how many ways he wins on the line. There there's not a there's not a way that you have there's not a move I haven't seen him try to make. 
though this should be one that is he hasn't bent off the edge like an edge rusher did he hasn't looked like josh sweat coming off an edge <laughs> you know what kill him for that crush him for that he's not good about it that's about <laughs> it's the only thing he hasn't done he's beaten more double teams than josh sweat has in his career so far but that's the whole of the discussion it's he is um uh, he is absurd uh People who, who want to go ahead and um, and talk about the, the, the Seahawks corner with a spoon, who's also been really good, haven't been paying any attention. It's really unfair to be a defensive tackle and to get engaged in rookie of the year conversations because if you don't get sacks, people won't talk about you. And what Carter is doing is altering offensive game plans against the Eagles. He was dominant again. Like you said, two sacks, three pressures. He now was 25 pressures leading all defensive tackles and pass rush win rate, three and a half sacks on the season, more than all rookie defensive tackles in the league combined. I just give him defensive rookie of the year now. I, I think uh, I'll go to, as far as say this. I think the Rams game planned not to the exact same extent, but they were equally focused on Jalen Carter. They had the same game plan on Jalen Carter as the Eagles did on Aaron, on Aaron Donald. Now, the Eagles execute a little bit different in that they were utilizing their tackles a lot more um, against Aaron Donald, and they had some times where the where Kenny Gainwell, when he was in pass protection, he would just look, where is where is AD? And he would go to that side. You, you saw that from time to time. Rams did the exact same thing here with Jalen Carter in the sense that every time he lined up in a zero technique or a three technique, the two that were on that side would instantly look for Jalen Carter. The center and the usually the right guard that would be were always keying on where Carter is. The difference between Aaron Donald and Jalen Carter in this game is that Jalen Carter led, like he, he had offensive linemen sitting in the dirt after every single snap. He always beat the first guy, and then sometimes his momentum, his momentum didn't carry into the second blocker. Aaron Donald against the Eagles, total non-factor. Wasn't anywhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Did you see that play where they had Lane Johnson like follow Darren Donald's like like it was man to man in basketball? I'm, I have watched football for twenty three plus years, whatever it is. I've never seen that before. Have you ever seen that before? You're a film writer. Um, yeah, I've seen Jordan Malata do it uh, in okay. the beginning of his career, and I don't I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't, that's probably not a purpose. Like, there's definitely maybe maybe Stoutland has done like that's just like it's so hard for like a tackle to like loop and follow a player. Like, it's just it, with the how much chaos comes in the middle of every play. Like, you, it's very hard for kind of players to crisscross and stuff like that, especially in the offensive. Yeah, line. but they're also they're also taught that if they get beat inside, they just carry the guy as far as they can to that side. So it, it was also a little bit of a consequence of Aaron Donald beating Lane Johnson inside, and so he's only way to re, to really gain. Uh, gain his leverage on him was just to push him as much as he can inside. Just so happened to push him so much inside that he got all the way to the opposite line. I'm a, this may sound crazy, but it might not be like if Jalen Carter's sack numbers start going up, like he only has three and a half. Um, it, not only three and a half. I, I didn't mean, it yeah, like I was about to say, yeah. oh, like, I meant it like if because this take this might be a COVID 19 take here, but I don't think it's crazy. That like Jalen Carter could be in defensive player of the year conversations in like five weeks. Is that is that nuts? Am I nuts? Yeah. Okay. Fuck it. I'm crazy. I don't, I'm cuckoos. Like he's the best defensive player on the best on a top three team right now. Yeah. And like my point with sacks is like Chris Jones had what 12 and a half last year, something like that. I thought Chris Jones, I think yeah, Chris Jones cool. is also off to a freaking amazing four and a half sacks in what three games? Yeah. Well, like last year, Chris Jones, like 
he didn't win defensive player there. I thought he should have, but yeah. he had 12 and a half sacks. Like it's very hard if you're not Aaron Donald to win defensive uh, defensive player of the year if you are an interior defensive lineman. So like if Jalen Carter, like, cause there are, I still sacks to be had like with him. Like I still think yeah. those sack numbers are going to go up. I still think TJ Watt and, and um, uh, Browns, Miles Garrett are, are the clear front runners. And I think they're going to continue to be so. Do you think he has a chance of getting a vote? A vote? Yes. A vote. Okay. But the way the voting system has been turned into that they're giving points for five to one. Yeah, I think he'll get a vote. Oh my God. There was I was talking with someone. I talked about this on my podcast with uh with my co-host about this. There was someone crazy who got an MVP vote last year. Some some there was randomly like some bad players that get MVP votes and stuff like that all year. So yeah, you're not wrong with the voting system. Um Okay, just a couple more things on the defense before we move on to the Jets game. Hassan Reddick is back, Thomas. He's looked great the last two weeks. Um, Ten pressures, um, three sacks over the last two weeks. He looks great without the cast off. Um, he, if they can get like 2022 Hassan Reddick, oh boy, like this is. I mean, he's uh, been looking great in, in the first in the first three weeks as well. Like he's been very close to getting production. It was just very frustrating to not see him get home. Like he just he just lacked the like what felt like half a second more. Mm-hmm. His two moves on this on the on the sacks though were terrific. Yeah, like that that second the so he had the back to back sacks the on that final drive. Um, the second one, like when I was watching that play live, like when you watch his get off, you were just like, okay, like this guy's getting the quarterback. Like you knew a sack was coming. Like the second he got off the ball, like he was so fast getting. They tried to chip him as well. Um, and I don't know if it was a tight end or I think it would have been Kyron Williams actually tried to chip him and then he just exploded around and it was already too late at that point. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Uh, I might be overreacting here, but I'm Darius Slay kind of looks off Thomas. Yeah. I, I'm like the first five weeks. Um, he didn't look really good again in this week. He didn't look good at all against Washington. I'm like, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a tad worried about Darius Slay right now. Yeah, I think the Eagles' the uh, secondary in in general has been has been off. Yeah, and Slay too. Like, yeah, one hundred percent Slay. No, you're, like, you're definitely not alone on that one. He he uh, he looks very hit or miss, and if he misses, he kind of looks like giving up a little bit. Yeah, like so on the year, he's given up um, twenty seven catches on thirty eight targets for three hundred and eighteen yards and two touchdowns. Um, He's averaging 11.8 yards reception. This is uh, this is not the Darius Slay that they signed up for. It's not the when they signed him to that new contract this year. They were expecting a number one corner on the team. He's he's obviously the number one corner by default right now, but they're not getting number one cornerback play out of him. And I really hope he picks it up because they need him. Like they're going to be playing some really good pass defenses coming up. Um, the Dolphins on Sunday night or pass offenses. Sorry, the Dolphins Sunday night. Um, the Bills are coming up. The 49ers are coming up. Like they have a schedule against some uh, grueling opposing quarterbacks and offenses, so they need Darius to pick up his play. He's just he's not looking good, and the stats kind of back it up too. Yeah, the Double Dyke Podcast today is sponsored by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code DOINK20 for 20% off and free shipping. 
It may be spooky season, but you don't want to scare people with that scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. Are you tired of a bad razor making your neck look like a scary movie? With the Handyman skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness make this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. Get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code DOINK20. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. The Double Doink Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is hard. It's especially hard when you don't have someone you can open up to. Not everyone is comfortable talking to their friends and family about their personal matters or anything that is bothering them on a day-to-day basis. Mental health is so important to continue success in this world. Therapy is a great way to regroup and get everything off your chest. Insert BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy service, 100% online. They will match you with professional licensed therapists you can trust. You can talk with your therapist however you see fit, via text, phone call, or video chat. BetterHelp has successfully helped over 4 million people worldwide deal with their day-to-day mental health issues. Use the link in the podcast description to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. Okay, let's move on to the New York Jets game. So that is on Sunday at 4 o'clock. The Eagles are undefeated against the New York Jets all time. The New York Jets have not beaten the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I don't know what the – do you know what, what the, how, how many games it's been? I'm going to look that up. I'm, right. I'm, I'm looking that up right now. They're 0-12 against the Eagles. 0-12, wow. I remember the last game was the Gardner Minshew game, right, when they played the Jets? I believe so. Yes. The last time the Eagles yeah. played the Jets, I was in a bar on – in Krita, isn't that what it's called in English? Krita, a Greek, uh, a Krete, uh, a Greek island. Uh, <laughs> and the year before the, the, uh, the, the time before that in 2019, I was in a bar in Spain. So and on, on Sunday, I will be in Portugal watching, yeah, Spain. that's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> yeah. I thought do that was you, fun. I looked it up and I remember this? the last, and I'm no, 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 not at all. It's totally random. Um, I just looked, I just thought the 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 last time I watched the Eagles uh Eagles and Jets is um it was a yeah I remember that one and then I, when I looked at the head to head uh schedule of it I I saw that the uh, the game 2019 was the exact same thing that and I remember where like where I was and like and just remember that that there were pretty comfortable wins both times and then, uh, and then I looked up at the, at the rest of the head, uh, at the head to head schedule, and then I found out that I was going to be in Portugal here. I thought, I thought it was kind of funny. So next game, next podcast, we're going to need you to power rank Jets Eagles bar watches. So the Spain <laughs> one, the bar Portugal watches, one, yeah. and the Greek island one. We're going to need a ranking from you to see which what was your best viewing experience. Um, but that's pretty that's pretty funny. Hopefully, uh, it's going to be something. How long are you going for to Portugal for? Week. A week. Yeah, oh. going to be shitty weather. We were actually just going there to get some sun, uh, but it's got to be thunderstorms all week. So we'll find something else to do. Yeah, you'll be able to find something to do. We'll Bar, go restaurant hunting. Yeah, restaurants. Yeah. When do you leave? Friday. Friday. Well, yep. enjoy your trip. I will miss you on the pod next week for sure. Um, but that's awesome, man. Uh, but let's talk about the game. Uh, their biggest weapon. So let's start with the Jets' offense. The Jets' biggest weapons on offense. Are Garrett, Wilson, <laughs> Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Yeah. Um, which one scares you most or more? None. None? <laughs> no. 
Eagles are the best run defense in the league. They'll shut down anyone. Brees Hall is not going to get anything going. If he does, I would be very surprised. And there's not a capable way of winning. You can't go into a game against the Eagles and win running the ball. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I just don't believe that will happen. If it does, shoot me in fantasy. I'm benching Brees Hall. He's on my team. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so it'll be. I guess to answer your question, it would be Garrett Wilson. But who's throwing him the ball? Sack Wilson's going to get so so beat up in this game that like the the, the plan for ha- from uh from Hacken the the fight in Hacken uh <laughs> uh the Jets off it would just be get the ball out as soon as, as soon as possible they're going to get smothered up front Elijah Tucker is out now yep. for I believe he was put on IR so he's out for yeah, four games he's done for the year yeah so oh, he's done Joe, for the year oh yeah yeah for Achilles, the year. he's done for Achilles. the year yeah yeah he tore his Achilles he has, that's back to back years with season ending injuries Yikes. for him Joe Titman is stepping in at right guard. So when I was kind of researching this matchup, what caught my eye was the Jets really like to use the right side of that offensive line. Like that's where Brees Hall and the run game was more focused to. So, um, so far this year, rushing to the right side, um, Brees Hall has is averaging 14.3 yards per carry. The rest of the line, he's not doing well at all right on the left side. Now Elijah Vera Tucker's out. He was the right guard. So I think that kind of takes away a huge portion of what that Jets offense wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's – I'm just looking down the roster of the Jets. If they score more than 10 points on on Sean Desai, I'd be, I'd be surprised. Yeah, so back to Garrett Wilson. So I agree with you. I, sorry, I, first off, uh, just finish off the, the Brees Hall and rushing attack stuff. I agree with you. I'm not worried for much at all. Like the Eagles run defense is so stout. Um I think they're going to be just fine holding up Brees Hall. Um, Garrett Wilson over the middle of the defense um, against opposing defense has been very good. That's where they like to get him. He has 11 targets for seven ca- uh, seven catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. So they really like to get Garrett Wilson on these in-breaking routes. When they do get him there, they're very successful at it. So the Eagles' safeties are going to have to be kind of uh, – they're going to have to be watched at and make sure they take away somewhere over the middle of the field, the Eagles linebackers and whatnot. So if they can keep Garrett Wilson on the edges, um, I think they're just going to be fine. Zach Wilson is at his best when he's targeting the middle of the field. And if they can kind of take that away, which he did a very good job of against the Rams in the second half, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah. He, I mean, Zach Wilson played better in the last few weeks here. Um, obviously did very, had a very respectable game against the, uh, against the chiefs. So it's not something to take too lightly. Can look over anyone, uh, but I'll be very surprised if the Eagles don't bring their bring their best to that. Um, he's been playing better. You're right, but <laughs> I, I was pretty surprised when I looked up these stats because I was like prepared to like get like two games sample size worthy Zach Wilson stats and go look. He's playing better for Eagles. Are gonna have to uh, stop him. Um, over the last two weeks, Zach Wilson is 31st in EPA per play and 32nd in success rate. So he's not, he's playing quote unquote better, but like he's still, he still shouldn't scare you at all. The English defense should be able to swarm him. Yeah. Okay. Jets defense versus Eagles offense. I think this is a more interesting matchup. This is a solid unit. The Jets defense is pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty darn good. But I'm going going to go back to the running game. Um, (coughs) I don't think anyone can mess with the Eagles run game. Uh doesn't matter what the names of your D-line is. I don't care if it's Quinn Williams. He's not better than Aaron Donald. He's going to get obliterated if the Eagles de- de- decide to do so uh, as an offensive unit. Um, they have some players on their D-line 
for sure. And I also think it makes it makes a lot of sense to get the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hand, either by running or um, or by getting it uh, getting it out uh, on the perimeter, using his legs a little bit and trying to get uh, some some throwing on the run. Simply because if the Jets is going to win anything as a defense unit against the Eagles, it's got to be pass rush. Um, and it's just I, I, I have uh, I have too much faith in AJ Brown and and Devontae to to be scared of anything. It doesn't matter if their name is is, is Sauce or not. Mm-hmm. I think AJ Brown can absolutely destroy Sauce Gardner. And I agree. It, yeah, yeah. I'm, the I'm way the way AJ is playing right now, nobody can stop him, in my opinion. Yeah, like Sauce Gardner. Of course, he has the name behind him, and he was really good his rookie year. But he hasn't been unstoppable this year at all. Like he has twenty three targets against him in coverage, seventeen catches. Um, he's averaging one hundred and five point seven passer rating. Um, the Jets secondary, like they have Sauce. I think like DJ Reed is a really good player. He's kind of underrated. Um, you could argue he's even playing better than Sauce Gardner this year. He was a little banged up. I don't know if he's going to be fully healthy for this game and if he's going to play. But like, there's some guys in the Jets secondary that can be had. Like Tony Adams, their safeties is one of the worst safeties in the NFL right now. Um, they could definitely attack him. He's been awful in coverage. Um, there's a, there's a few guys like on the, in that back end that the Eagles can attack. If yeah, if I agree, I, if I'm the Eagles, I'm attacking that that secondary, passing the ball, and I'm getting those one on one matchups. I'm not worried about who the whoever's behind, whoever's back there. Like the Jets defense right now is 24th in drop back EPA, so they they can definitely attack them in the in the pass game. The only the the one thing that does worry me is the pass rushers uh, on the Jets defense. Um, like they have three guys right now that have over uh, twenty pr- uh, plus pressures. Like Bryce Huff's having a really good year for them. Um, there, there's a few guys uh, on that Jets uh, defensive line that that can uh, that can get after the quarterback. Quincy Williams, a linebacker, like just playing out of his mind right now. So the front seven of the Jets is better, in my opinion, than the back end, even if they do have Soft Gardner and DJ Reed on there on, on the back end. I, I do think if the Eagles can stabilize the front seven, they're going to be just fine. And the Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL in Jess Ellen. So this is like it's, the matchup really works well in the Eagles' favor on both sides of the ball, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. All right. Uh, let's get out of here before we do yep. that. We need a predictions, prediction time. So what are we feeling? What are we thinking? Eagles got their red zone offense figured out a little bit more. Jets defense got some plays, get some takeaways. Probably Jets offense can't really get too much going. They'll benefit off a turnover. Let's say 13-31. Okay. I, I like it. Eagles, of course. <laughs> I, I think that the, the Eagles defense is going to really do a really good job against the Jets defense. Um, or G- Eagles defense is going to do a really good job against the Jets offense, sorry. Um, I think the Jets are – you have 13 points. I'm going to go 10 on the Jets side. And I think the Eagles offense is a really good job. I think I'm going to go 27 to 10 Eagles. Um, I, I think the Eagles win comfortably. Um, maybe in the first quarter or something, the Jets score on their first opening drive or something like that, and everyone gets excited. But I think the Eagles uh, start to roll a little bit. Um, in the second in second quarter and going forward, and they they got to win this because you know the schedule coming up. It's getting tough. This is like their last kind of easy one. They have a tough sketch of games coming up. Yep. All right, that's all she wrote. Anything else though? Quickly before we go, Anything I can't wait for I can't wait for Dolphins on Sunday night oh, at the I link know. with with uh, Kelly Green. That's gonna be fun, man. 
that's game just gonna be aesthetically pleasing, like just from every aspect. The the Kelly Green jerseys, the Dolphins coming to town. That offense, it's a uh, it's gonna be it fun. Won't be, they'll be without uh, Devon A. Chain. That's gonna be that's that, that sucked. Yeah. I hope he will play as well. Mm-hmm. He yeah he was on I he was put on IR today, so he he's uh, he's done for four weeks. So. That, yeah, um, that sucks. That's a big loss for the Dolphins. But uh, all right, that's all sure. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Make sure to check out our sponsors, BetterHelp, Manscaped, and Sweat Taylor. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure to uh, follow our social channels, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. Videos are starting to post. Traction starting to gain there. So really appreciate if you follow those as well. Uh, make sure to check out Thomas's breakdown of Jalen Carter on the Los Angeles Rams games. Make sure to subscribe to his YouTube channel, Breaking the Birds. And we will talk to you later.